Hi, I'm John. Hi, I'm Olivia. Hi, I'm Zane. And this week, we've watched Hatchery. And now we're going to argue about whether it's going to make us quit Star Trek. Yes, good night. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly an episode that I've seen, unfortunately. Now three times. God. It wasn't upsetting. It was just silly. It was well, it was upsetting to me. It was, it was a TNG episode, but it was batshit. Yeah, like I was no I was mildly confused throughout. It was like it's decently put together for an Enterprise episode. But, like, the morals of it are so backwards that you just kind of come away from it being like, what the... It does seem very backwards. I should point out for everyone that after I finished watching this episode, I was so broken, I went and made myself a um, a dry gin martini. It's so (laughs) rude that you didn't deliver one to both of our houses. And I really did. I did need this. Same (laughs) from the range. Come on. (laughs) Well, in the US, I could fly over there and drink with you. Yeah, that's fine. Go ahead. (laughs) I'll crack crack the alcohol pops out. I, it, yeah, the morals of it were very confusing because there's a moment where I think it's about to make sense. He's kind of has a little backstory of about how, you know, even war has rules. And I'm like, yeah, oh, okay. And then it's like, psych, I was imprinted <laughs> on. The, the whole premise of looking after the looking after the children of your enemy during a time of war. That's like a Picard plot. That's like, no, it's not yeah. like a Picard plot. That is... You know the one we did where Geordie meets his incel girlfriend in real life? Oh, God. <laughs> this is the plot of that one. Because remember, they ki- they accidentally kill the mother and they're all like, oh, God, what the fuck have we done? This is terrible. So they yeah. do what they can to help the baby. This is that. But for some <laughs> reason, the moral thing to do is presented as, ooh, it's because he's gone insane. Yeah, it's like, it's so, they treat it like, oh, Archer's making the right decision so he's crazy or the this is not the right decision even though it's clearly the right decision is you know not to kill children it's it's very bush era. Mm. actually it's not even bush era because during the bush era there were lots of outrages about british and american soldiers committing war crimes yeah well it's very starship troopers because they're killing mm. you know what was good about this episode mm-hmm. daniel day kim was that's oh, yeah. true, yes. That's true. We can all appreciate that Daniel Day Kim was pretty. A comforting presence for sure, but I just, I, I think I was just not that upset because it felt like it was a familiar Star Trek premise, as you say, a TNG premise. Yeah, it was... Until, until yeah. they ruined it. But that's just classic Enterprise, and I'm also numb to that pain. <laughs> Why, why'd you pick it, Zane? Because it keeps me up at night. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, because again, like it's good for an Enterprise episode, but it's also like so wrong. And it's like, you are so close to being good. Like, just like switch your moral compass around and it would have been like probably one of the best Enterprise episodes to come out of season three. Because I know like, you No, we have to say killing the enemy's children is fine. Because like, oh. I know you're a big Enterprise fan because you've Twitter profile. Yeah. But did you start with Enterprise? The- no, I um, <laughs> I started with the original series. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you started you in the best place. Yes, 
I uh, first watched the original series when I was probably like 14 or 15, uh, like I was starting high school. Um, and then I watched TNG. I got bored of TNG around like season five. Um, I didn't watch. Star okay, Trek hot take. Like- I'm going to cut it with a hot take. Season one of TNG is more fun than season five. Yeah, I was just. Season one really is batshit. But I was watching the last outburst earlier, and Jordy went, "Woo wee!" Yeah, yeah. He goes like, "Woo wee!" And he goes like, "Hello, stranger." Like, season one oh, of TNG is so fun, and season five is like season three onwards is just boring. Flat. Yeah, it just kind no of starts says, to, you know, drag and be the same old same thing for like four seasons. And I was just like, well, how many times can I watch, you know, the same thing? And also TNG season one had um, Tasha Yar in it. So that's a bonus. Yeah, I mean, what's the, is that technically a quitting moment then? That's uh, technic- technically, I guess. Um, I quit for like, I guess it'd be like four years um and then the pandemic hit and i was even more bored than i was in season five of tng so i started deep space nine and i have been in the brain rot ever since just like the rest of us i still watch the new shows though so i'll get to those eventually they're, they're not going anywhere at least not in the continental united states oh god For the rest of us however you never know yeah you never know i mean I'm, and you can always what? just steal them <laughs> I mean, you know, while we got that, I just want to appreciate that today, you know, um, friend of the podcast and um, icon Don released another edit, TOS edit. Oh, I saw that. It's really good. And what I love about Don's edit, TOS edits, is that they bring everyone together because you have all like the the spurk queens at one end. And at the yeah. other end, you have like 40, 50, 60 year olds being like, damn, I love TOS. I love all the edits you do with all this fun music. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, TOS rocks. Everybody loves TOS. Unity. Yeah. And I don't think there are probably any Star Trek fans who don't at least like TOS. It's just, you know, it's good. I wish I was watching TOS right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, we, uh, other friends of the podcast, Alan White, once said, I don't consider anything past TOS to be Star Trek. It's just another thing. And you know what? Sometimes I think he's right to think that. This is yeah, one of yeah. those times. Because <sighs> who wants to like who wants to lead us? It's Star Trek. It's French shape in a Star Trek way. So we kick off with a recap, which essentially consists of Malcolm having homo homoerotic fight with the maker. That yeah, who is this guy? He scared me so hard. He's Major Hayes, and he's very the most interesting thing about him is he went to West Point. Yeah. He went to where? West Point. It's um American Sandhurst. Okay. And if you're American Santos, it's American Santos is British West Point. And if you're not from an an Anglo Anglo American country, it's a military academy. I should have led, I should have started with that. (laughs) I don't know if anyone knows this, but um I have had something that isn't COVID for a week. So I'm basically running on like several ibuprofen, a couple of bananas, and a gin martini. You're high. Yeah. Are you supposed to have alcohol and painkillers at the same time? The, the ibuprofen gonna, was like eight hours ago. You're going to start slurring your speech. <laughs> anyway, so they find this crash Zindi insectoid ship and they decide to investigate. You know, we get cowboy face of the heart, which um, Olivia prefers. For um... I thought I preferred it and then I listened to it a bit. 
<laughs> like I usually skip them all and it was so unbelievably jarring it's, like, I, it gives me an existential crisis <laughs> it's so weird that they chose season three to switch up the theme song to be more jaunty because like season three Something is whatever the opposite of jaunty is <laughs> I wonder if it was a oh, yeah. right thing I wonder if they were told you're not allowed to use the original version so they wrote their own one I mean, that makes sense, but also Enterprise is always making such batshit insane choices that it <laughs> almost makes sense. Like, within the wider context, I'm like, yeah, they fucking would change their theme to yeah. be so weird in the middle of the show for no reason. You can't blame this one on IP law, okay? IP law is innocent, as always. <laughs> Livy, you can't keep saying that IP law is fine. IP law means that I can't make money off of everything I write. <laughs> it also means you can. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but not right now. Not without filing serial numbers off. You know how much effort that is? You don't have to register anything in the UK to have copyright, okay? This is in America. We are influenced by France's romantic notions and we will let you have copyright instantly. I think that's beautiful. We do anyway, not have to hand it to the French, however. Uh, they so, just got to like the ship thing, which the CGI on this show is so 2004. It's aged. I don't. I was about to say it's aged worse than the Babylon Five CGI, but nothing's aged worse than the Babylon Five CGI because it was the first show to ever use CGI that much. Babylon Five was. Yeah, Babylon Five was the first TV show to not use physical, like sci-fi, to not use physical models. Yeah, I was going to say I find it kind of charming in Babylon Five. Like it looks horrendous, but I'm having a great time. They really um, need to do like a um a touch up of the CGI. I think it could I don't, use it. <laughs> I think the thing about CGI, like that, I remember talking, talking to somebody who basically said that um problem is is with a model, right? <laughs> you can go back to the footage, strip away the old CGI, and put the new CGI on top. Yeah. Whereas with old CGI, you can't. You have yeah, to do yeah. it again. Oh, God. You have to just start again. There's no way to, like, make old CGI look bad. That's why model. That's why films that use models always age better, because it's just so much easier to make them look prettier. Yeah. Like Star Wars, the original Star Wars, for example. A New Hope is a good film. That's not even a controversial take. Where was I? I also don't think there's really many people clamoring for a, um, a redo of Star Trek Enterprise CGI. I mean, you kind of just have to take it. <laughs> no, I mean... It's, it's part of the um, terrible charm. It's expensive. And also, as somebody mentioned to me at Destination Star Trek, um, CBS Paramount fired the guys who do all their remastering. Oh, my God. Like, they used to have oh a, like, an apartment. That, they used to have an apartment dedicated to the remastering of, like stuff and then they fired them all because they were like we don't need that in the streaming era oh god i'm not even shocked i'm just disappointed life's hard like that you know what you know whose life's harder the dead zindi insects in this shit yeah yeah because they beam down well they don't beam down they take the shuffle down in their um spacesuits and you know major Hayes has his own tactical spacesuit which um fuck that guy I like him. He's so boring that it's funny. He's he's boring in a very military way, where it's like if Lethany has no personality, or that he decided that it was more efficient not to have one. Yeah, that's why he's yeah. perfect for Malcolm. That's a match. Exactly. 
they're like the same person but on opposite sides it's kind of fascinating Re- to watch realistically major Hayes is who malcolm should have been when they wrote him in season one but here we are mm-hmm. it's like they kind of like just cloned malcolm his personality at least but then they were like, but they're on opposite sides and they're gonna fight now it's like well okay it's like a gay couple oh shit <laughs> anyway so they get they're exploring this ship and then trip and malcolm and the gang discover a alien hatchery full of insectoid babies. Ooh. And while they're exploring, the captain gets got by acid. Which, oh no, is he okay? Yeah, he's fine, apparently. But and he's, this he's is just... why you don't take your helmets off, even you know, if there's why air they took is breathable. Their like they weren't running out of air. There was no reason for them to take their helmets off, except for like plot purposes. But that's like, fine. That's... <laughs> just because the air my, is breathable, my first like, germs can't get you. <laughs> My first mistake in all of this was assuming that Archer getting hit by something or anyone getting hit by something in Star Trek would mean nothing. I was like, oh, that's a bit weird. Yeah. Moving on. I mean, there's the other thing about that is it's also a little bit like, um, let's face it, do people not take their masks off at the moment whenever they have the opportunity to? Yeah. But you, yeah, that's just, that, that's just human nature. People don't like wearing masks. You gotta wear them. Ripping off of the mask as you leave Tesco. I've seen people really do that like they're like (laughs) No, it's the ripping off the mask and the stuffing it in the top pocket in one go. Because I wear masks like um pocket squares because I'm like Oh gosh. Shut up, Olivia. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so Arch is like, you know what? Um, why don't we try and look after these alien babies? And Trip's like, I wanna burn them all up. Oh god, this is where it really become became clear to me that this episode was gonna haunt my nightmares. Where I was just like, "Oh okay. no, this was going so well." Well, has <laughs> become a very angry well. boy, hasn't he? The war's getting to him. His sister died, so he's gonna become a war criminal. That's his arc. Following yeah, in his like, captain's footsteps. It's insane. This is like Trip wants to like murder a bunch of aliens. Children. The thing about this episode that really gets me is that, like, everything that Archer says while he's, like, under the influence of the evil alien goo is right. <laughs> like, he yeah. makes a point in the first scene where we talk about saving the babies where he's like, well, if this was a ship full of Zindi primates, would you want to burn them? And it's like, yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, if- you wouldn't be framing it the same way if it looked like a bunch of human babies with weird shit on their face. Like, If this was a TNG or DS9 episode, Archer w- would be the crew talking to a third party. Yeah, exactly. That's it's... why I felt stupid for not realising that he had been imprinted on, because I was like, oh, this seems legit. This is all yeah. perfectly explained. Anyway. I, like, I really stopped making notes after like 15 minutes of this episode. I was like, there's no point in this. It's just so silly. I, yeah, because um, I took way too many notes. Good for you, Dane. Because, um, <laughs> yeah, I've made notes on the back of, um, oh, it's an article about um, the practice of sooty in India in the 19th century. Do people know what sooty is? Do people care? Sooty, is that the um where the wife has to throw herself on Yeah, that's fire? Widow Burning. Yeah, yeah. I was reading about that the other week for my anthropology class. Yeah, I read about it last year. I don't know whether that's it here. This is um, the widow has an to article about. This is an article about Sooty from the nineteenth century. Yeah, it's a widow bird. Yeah, it's a practice mm-hmm. where rich, when rich um, Indian Hindi men of a certain um, type died, the widows would be burned 
with the bodies on the funeral pyre. Yeah, even if they were still alive. <laughs> Usually if they were still alive. Yeah. And um, once again, the cultural questions around the city, we can end this up. The cultural questions around <laughs> widow burning are difficult because it's obviously, uh, one of them is it's widows should not die because their husband died, but also widow burning was used as an excuse by the British government to ban a large, large amount of other cultural practices. Mm-hmm. It's complicated, but at the end of the day, don't burn your mother in. Yeah, <laughs> that seems fair. That seems fair, <laughs> not to burn your mother in, even if your dad asked you very nice. God, I, now I want to talk about that instead of this fucking episode. <laughs> my DMs that, are always open to talk about weird, my, my DMs are always open to talk about weird clothing shit, because um, that's what I do for a living. Anyway, back to other weird clothing shit, space. Um, so... Chapol goes back to the ship, and Daniel Day Kim is there, looking pretty. Good for him. Good for him. And Good then we break. Him. We go back in, and Archer's getting a bit weird around the alien eggs. I actually kind oh, of didn't notice. <laughs> I didn't I notice really, was getting weird. I kind of really enjoy how they did the um, how they wrote specifically his obsession and like how it was acted. Like that's pretty. It was pretty well done because. Scott Bakula can act if you give him some shit to act with. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't just, sound like, sitting insane. him on the bridge. And... You know what? I thought I thought that was just his personality because maybe they've been in the midst of the war now. He's just a bit more intense in general. So I put that aside. I was thinking yeah. it's good. Thing is, it starts very subtle and it seems reasonable. Like he's just like you know, we gotta make sure that they can survive. Mm-hmm. See, and then as it you, as it goes on, it gets a, a bit more like what the fuck. It's like well acted and well written and like it's kind of incrementally getting worse. So it's, you know, it's interesting and it's well done, but it's like the purpose of it makes it awful. Yeah, like I get what... thought he was invested. It was like, good for you. Keep trying to figure it out. And at this point, <laughs> you start to realize he's fucked because he's like, I want to take two th- a third of our anti And Tapal's like, what? And he's like, yeah. And he's, she's like, I can't say that. And he's like, okay, that's cool. Oi, you, gun guy, arrest her. <laughs> then it took a turn. Yeah. yeah and it's I of- did say it felt like that Peep Show episode where they all start trying to section each other from that point onwards. You're all going down. It's just like, it comes so frantic after that. Oh, it does, because like, I'm just like making Immediately sense, after this, they start great. plotting for a mutiny. <laughs> yeah, like, Malcolm's talking to Hayes. And Hayes is like, well, because I'm in the army, I say that if you don't follow orders, you get disciplined immediately, which um, isn't really true in the army either, outside of, like, moments of crisis. <laughs> like, side note, I had a long argument with some... some there, actually, I didn't have a long argument. There was a long argument with my mentors at Twitter once between somebody who'd been in the Navy and another Trekkie about how much you should follow orders and how, like... Basically, one person was arguing follow orders a, system, um, a chain of command is actually a system of abuse. And the other person who'd been in the Navy was basically like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I forgot to mute this. So I can't, I wake up in the morning and I have 40 like notifications of these two people. They just kept going all night. Jeez. About how like... Oh. <laughs> anyway, even in military systems, outside of a moment of crisis, you don't follow orders to the letter. That's how you end up with bad things. But then uh, Archer's like to trip 
you know, my grandfather, my great grandfather in the eugenics war saved a bunch of children because he broke how because there are rules in it's like, yes, this is a yeah. good story. This is actually central. This is Archer having principles, but no, he's deranged. We're meant to think he's a bit deranged. Was that story a lie then? I no, still don't believe him. <laughs> just he just had real life experience a- to tap into. I just want to take whoever wrote this episode and sit them down and like ask them what the fucking point of this episode was. Like, what were your morals here? Like, what was the message? Because, like, is this where the nine eleven trauma porn thing comes in? Is this that's is this the real? This episode was written by This episode was written by Andre Boromanis, who also wrote questions for him. (laughs) Yeah. Let's see. He wrote Silent Enemy, Desert Crossing, The Communicator, The Crossing, Horizon Extinction, Countdown, Awakening, Babel One, The Anar, and Terra Prime. He wrote my favorite trilogy of the season four, the Anar yeah. one. I know. Oh, it's it. insane. <laughs> like, you could have done well, sir. You're a good writer. He also wrote. Um, for Voyager, Fair Trade, Waking Moments. Oh, these are his credits. You might know he wrote the story for Demon Riddles, Imperfection, the talent play for Nightingale, Human Error. Hmm. See, like, he's obviously a competent a... writer. It's just the morals of this are so backwards. It's Yeah, the morals are just so confused. Because then, as Indy's insectoid ship appears, uh, taxa. And Malcolm fires back and destroys them so they can't report their position back. Mm-hmm. And Archer gets pissed for... Okay, so Archer gets pissed for pretty reasonable reasons, which is that the Zindi insectoids might have... But they could have re- helped them. Helped them. But also, Malcolm is also following previous orders he's given to destroy Zindi ships so they don't reveal their location. So it's kind of like, what did you expect Malcolm to do? Yeah, I mean, I know he's, like, obsessive and he's losing his mind or whatever, but you really should have brought this up with him, man. <laughs> yeah, it's also, like, I mean, Malcolm probably should have... If you're going to stick him on the bridge. Actually, Malcolm did try to disable the ship first, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like handing it to Malcolm. Yeah, Malcolm did this. something good. But um, he then gets arrested and Major Hayes has been charged and now there's makers everywhere. And um, we get flocks. Flox is fun. Flox is definitely in this episode. <laughs> he's, he's vibing. He's, he's in, in typical Billingsley style, he's having a good time. And then we get an action, we get action trip through the size of mutiny time. So, the is actually pretty well done. It's just, why? <laughs> why? It's, un- it's deeply unnecessary. But it's very fun. It's a very well acted, very well yeah, written, it's, very well directed. It's fun to watch. It's just, you know, at what cost? And Travis is there. Travis Get is there. He gets stuff to do this episode. A little, a little tiny bit of stuff. Yeah. He, he, gets to di- he gets to dump tackle something. I don't get to dump tackle. And he was also, like, part of fixing the insectoid ship towards the beginning of the episode. And that's, that's like, true. the most he's done in one episode for, like, the whole season. Oh god. So much lost potential. Like yeah. even blocks in this. Couldn't they have given him a bit more time to like really They really could have done more with him in this episode? Like, didn't he like wasn't the last 
episode with Flocks, the one where he was like hallucinating Zindi insectoids. They didn't want to even bring that up at all, that he was like more anxious around insectoids now. Wait, what? Is that the last episode? I think the last episode, like the episode right before this was the one where he was like hallucinating Zindi insectoids all over the ship because that was the one where he was like alone and um, yeah. he was hallucinating to Paul too. Yeah. Spoiler for that episode. Sorry. <laughs> and they just did nothing with it? Oh, I, oh dear. Enterprise is a show of lost potential. Yeah, because then eventually they take the bridge back. And we do get, I should make a side note for, once again, another piece of evidence that T'Pol is hot in a Starfleet uniform. She looks so good in the Starfleet uniform. I'm so mad they never let her wear it bar like two times. It was like this and... This this and and the episode where Archer has never... Yes, yeah. Like... She looks so good. Ah. Like, I didn't she... notice her on the uniform. How did I not notice? Olivia! How did you how did you not notice? <laughs> yes. I saw her and she was wearing pink. But then she wasn't. She changed in like the middle of the episode. She was wearing a pink suit. When did she put the uniform on? For the mutiny. <laughs> I didn't notice that. I'm sorry. This episode was so, this episode was like eating a warm bowl of plain porridge to me. Like I really didn't feel any strong <laughs> emotions. I didn't even notice that. It just kind of you just have to kind of let it wash over you, and then it kind of processes later. Like oh god, that was awful. <laughs> That's what I did, and now I've, I've I missed I missed the only you missed hot to pole. I mean, <sighs> yeah, because they take the ship back, and we cut back to because trips gone down to, to the ship, the Zindi ship. And Archer's just look, Archer is now in full deranged mode, like fondling egg sacks while Zindi babies run around on the floor. And like one runs up and along his body. And they look really cute, I'll be honest. They look cute. Like it was intended to be creepy, I assume, but like it's cute. I would look after it. <laughs> I need green bug babies. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they I look after them until they started trying to eat, which to be fair, they probably. They did not have Borg baby potential. They were ugly. <laughs> They could have been better, yeah, but they were still cute. (laughs) I hope our listeners remember Borg Train, because I remembered Borg Train. Do you remember the what? The Borg Train. Also, Trip aims his phaser at one of the babies when it's, like, crawling up his arm, crawling up Archer's arm. And I can't get that image out of my head. Are you still attracted to this bad Olivia after he threatens to kill babies? Trip needs, like, honestly, I because I'm really not even into the crux of season three yet, I think I'm going to lose my ability to defend Trip. I already, it was already tenuous. He's already a dodgy guy. And now yeah. he's a full-on war criminal. Season three uh, is I'm not sorry. the season I mean, he's not actually a war criminal. He's just on the brink of being a war criminal. He's, he's, he's in the headspace of becoming one. And that's what's concerning. We can't, but I, I mean, can fix him. It's okay, everyone. I can fix him. We shouldn't convict, <laughs> we can't convict a man because of his thoughts. We can convict him because he's from Florida. <laughs> I forgive him. Yeah, so time. they Trip eventually just stuns Captain Archer and they take him back to the ship and Flock's like, oh yeah, he has a neurochemical that makes him think that he's their dad. Boogie woogie yeah. woogie. It's like, there's, there's, you know, it's literally the Zindi babies are going, you are my dad. <laughs> You're my dad. Boogie woogie woogie. I honestly, <laughs> even though I've rewatched this episode, this is like a rewatch for me, every time Trip stuns Archer, uh, while the Zindi babies are all over him for a split second, I think he's going to fall on top of one of them and there's going to be like a comical splat. 
I'm surprised I didn't even go for that. Honestly, I wouldn't put it past them. (laughs) One of them was like on his back almost. And I was like, are they going to crush the baby? But they don't. Thank God. They don't actually go into child murder. They just consider it really heavily. Like Trip genuinely gets quite excited about the idea of child murder. Like setting children on fire. Yeah, he's like raring to go. He's like, you know... (laughs) He doesn't need to do that. And then the final beat in this episode is um, Major Hayes going, why didn't you tell me the captain was bad? Parker going, well, we thought you'd just side with him. But Major Hayes going, yeah, I would. <laughs> We're just like, fuck you. He's like, well, you got me there. <laughs> yeah, I'll be honest, I side with fascism too. Like, what the f- I mean, that's not what he said. It's basically like, yeah, I'll be honest with you. I wouldn't access, I would um, use any empirical thinking either. Mm. Like, buddy, that is not what... They- they might not have taught you to deal with space alien neurotoxin, but they probably taught you not to follow orders blindly at West Point. Yeah, it's like they didn't train you not to, you know, commit war crimes at West Point. I feel like they would have covered that. I feel I like feel that would like, have been class like one. I feel like isn't what it is. I mean, at a point, the US no Army's relationship with not committing war crimes is... Yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> but it's also part of this thing where, you know, militaries don't teach you to follow orders blindly these days. It's more that they teach you what happens when you don't follow orders. But that doesn't mm. mean they teach you not to mm. think, especially if you're an officer. Yeah, like especially if you're a major. God. Yeah, if you're an officer and you can't think for yourself, you're in trouble. Because your whole, must... the whole reason you exist as a person is to think, is to be given orders and think for yourself about what to do with them. Yeah, I mean, if the whole point is to, like, rank up, then you need to eventually learn how to become the person who thinks and gives orders, not just blindly be the person that follows orders until you're, like, a general. But, like, yeah, a really important part of, like, modern military training is that officers are given an order. They have to figure out what to do with it themselves. Otherwise, there's no point. But, you know, that's too complicated for media, and especially for enterprise. Yeah, and then the episode ends with, Archer making a fun little mutiny joke and then we're done. <laughs> a fun little joke about violating the law. You know. What a oh disappointing God. I don't even know where to begin deconstructing this episode. I just wonder whether it was two episodes. No. No, it couldn't have been two episodes. But I just wonder whether the arch, the mutiny was always part of it. Yeah, I mean, what? it felt kind of, it like it felt like it was kind of thrown in there i mean it, it made sense but it didn't feel like it was built up to enough i guess i mean they only had so much time yeah so you know cover they, and goo. <laughs> yeah i do wonder if they started with mutiny on the enterprise and worked their way back from that and they also had an idea about archer getting pheromone so they had these two ideas of like mutiny on the enterprise and archer getting taken over by pheromone and they just did this with them and mash them together and this is an audio format I don't know why I'm using hands that's every goddamn Star Trek episode these people write just mashing ideas together there's never any coherence well to be fair that's how I write the genius writer is destroyed every episode of this podcast every episode we do it here involves ideas that are mashed together badly but that's also if they didn't do that we would have no content so thank you thanks um (laughs) trivia uh, I have some from Wikipedia. That's it. Okay. We found. Uh, where is it? Fuck, I closed the tab. <laughs> Keeping all this in. Keeping I'm all so of ex- this in. I'm so excited to learn new facts about my You know, I have. Um, yeah. Uh, 
this, you know, it got 2.4 out of 4% share amongst adults, which means it was short, it was seen by 2.4% of all households and 4% of all those watching television at the time of broadcast. I can't tell if that's good or not. 4% of people watching television in the USA watch this. Okay. Um, I'm yeah, sorry. I don't know. That doesn't seem like a huge percentage, but then percentages can be misleading. It's probably a it lot of people. It was the second lowest viewing rating of um, Enterprise. <laughs> okay, yeah, if that makes sense. <laughs> Just I don't blame the people that didn't want to turn in, tune in for this. I mean, it's... <laughs> they tried and they kind of fell flat on their face with this episode. Hmm. It's it's just not very interesting, honestly. You know, like there's not a lot of trivia you can really come up with for it. Yeah, let's look to the positives. Oh, well, I was going to say at least it um, wasn't racist. But, um, well, kind of I mean, touches around that in a way. It kind of skirts its way around that. Oh, I mean, I mind, kind mind. of have issues with the way it like. Well, with in- Enterprise season three in general, the way it like frames the arboreals and the um the arboreals and the uh, primates as like the best most morally upstanding zindi species like they're the ones that change to the human side first but the reptilians and the insectoids and sometimes the aquatics they're like the evil ones because they don't look human enough uh, at the very least it's lazy yeah that's one word for it this is the correct word it's <laughs> the expanse arc is odd the first episode i saw with these Fucking fish in a tank. I'm sorry, I was like, <laughs> they're like, this is the angle you human faces on this them. This serious storyline, this devastating storyline. There's like, some turtles in there. The aquatics yeah. look so funny to me because, like, you know, when you were a kid and you would imitate being a fish and you would go, like, blow your cheeks up, like, that's what yeah. the aquatics look like to me. <laughs> they, they oh my god, you're strange. right. They've, they've got the like, it's chubby like uncanny cheeks. valley thing going on. Mm. It's like they stuck like a human face on an eel. <laughs> it just looks wrong like this is not how this would evolve of course the evolution on Star Trek never makes any fucking sense so mm. who am I to throw stones at this one design and surprise once again you have destroyed our spirit and taken something from us that we will never get back I hope yeah. you're happy the problem is like I really quick. enjoy Enterprise a lot of the time but this episode really just kills me it's like why am I even watching this again so we are, we are quitting yeah. I wish I wasn't, but I think I have to for moral reasons. For tax purposes, at the very least. Because mm-hmm. uh, just Archer is the only person talking sense and he's mad in this episode. Yeah, it's just like there's just so many like the details really build the story of this episode in it being like just morally all over the place. Like they do so many small things that they probably didn't even think about when they were writing that are just like, it really shows their thought process where it's like you have the um, the crew kind of being like, well, they're Zindi, so we have to kill them. It doesn't matter that they're babies. And it's like, so you view the Zindi as inherently evil. Why? That just feels wrong. I mean, I know it's kind of the point of the whole season is to have like a villain species, but I don't know. It's Star Trek. You got to push boundaries and... Talk about morals in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. It just, seems lazy because even those characters should know better and they've sort of displayed yeah, the attributes to know better. And just yeah. everything that Archer says when he's insane is right. It drives me crazy. 
like you're framing the correct decision as just either like completely wrong or like um idealistic like oh we'd like to do that but we can't it's more and more as hell but like you could <laughs> there are other options i feel like they didn't even bother to explore you know like it's either we leave or we stay here and we die it's like you couldn't i don't know like they love the idea of sending a distress call but they never do you could have done that from like moment one and then sped out of there <laughs> or you could have you know dropped a beacon to emanate a distress call if you didn't want to give away your position it's it's dumb yeah <laughs> <sighs> how many triplets do we think then zero i can't even i can't even get the wherewithal to give it a rating it's not really cut well it's it's just well bad. Put together, it's not even cursed, honestly. It's not even it's cursed, just, it's bad, yeah. Yeah. Trip lips are too good for you. And you should be that's low. That's that. no, that's it doesn't so. even reach the point of trip nips. Damn. It's just baffling and a bit concerning. And I want to know whether the enterprise rides knew what they were doing, even though I know the answer is no. They never yeah, did. No. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just, you were so close to a decent story. Like, this could have been a really compelling, like, if they had had the crew, like, genuinely yeah, compelling. To... It is enterprise. Yeah. Well, if they'd had the crew, you know, trying to be moral and then, you know, failing, it would have been more interesting. But, you know, they just kind of dive right off the deep end of killing yeah, trip, babies. Trip goes <laughs> full starship troop. I don't understand yeah. what it is about this series that we never feel like everyone's getting their input like in tng you feel like the entire main cast or crew is going to have some sort of input in these episodes but enterprise doesn't seem to have the time ever yeah and they're just just tired yeah i mean the problem with with enterprise is that you've got you know trek fatigue it really didn't doesn't need to exist you know like you've had trek on the air at this point for like 10 straight years just longer and sometimes over, yeah it's been overlapping since 1985 yeah so that's like just a lot of time with the same franchise you're gonna run out of ideas and you're gonna get bored you know and it's like and also it's um rick berman so <laughs> execution's not yeah. the best in <sighs> the, you know best of circumstances they are it is very much the by this point it is don't you think they look tired it just seems like they put they spent all this energy trying to make season three new and interesting, and they failed badly, so the show got cancelled. And then season four was interesting and new. Yeah, like they got oh god, everything about Enterprise drives me insane because it's so close to being good in a lot of cases, and they just like fly past the mark, not just miss it, they fly past it. <laughs> they fly like past they have, it at warp five. Mm-hmm. They have like a really good concept, in my opinion, for this show. Like I don't know, I like prequels i find them interesting but um i just, just wish drop the ball i mean this show would have just pissed me off slightly less if they just not insist on calling them phase pistols <laughs> it's like, no, but like beyond all the, no but it's also like beyond all the plot points i just don't understand why they felt that was necessary like i know i get why because it was like oh right um people won't know it's star trek unless they're using phasers and photon torpedoes but audiences aren't that clever they're not i'm sorry like no one would give a fuck so much potential in this show and it's all missed that's me me about enterprise is just i could fix it (laughs) you know like you know people will take like a favorite fictional character and be like i could fix him that's me about star trek enterprise 
that well you're brave because I just zeroed in on Trip and said I can fix him but you've taken the entire series and I well, respect that. to be fair I also aim that specifically at Archer because I think he's really funny we we are due an I quit round table on Jonathan Archer I'd come back for that I'd talk yeah about I know him. I want to get some of the black alert people on that because they, they they do not like him they have their reasons and I think they should oh, yeah. you know I think I think it's fair you know I, up I don't blame people that don't like him I know it's an Archer apologist in a podcast. I didn't enjoy that because I don't like Archer. But I yeah, do. I, I, Archer I is so judgment. like empty to me. Like I just I don't understand what he is. That he's I don't a space economics teacher, like devoid of personality. <laughs> See, I think my problem, my problem is that I watched Quantum Leap before I watched Star Trek Enterprise, and I got attached. Okay, to that's Sam. cheating. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair. I got attached to Sam, and then I, in my brain, Scott Bakula will always be Sam Beckett. And at the end of Enterprise, you know, Enterprise leaps into like, another body. There's some kindness under that awful, awful shell of Archer. I just know there is. And they didn't yeah. give Scott Bakula anything to work with in this show a lot of they the time. Even though he's like framed as the main character and they give him the most to work with, it's like they don't let him do anything. They give him PTSD from, from the season and then immediately drop it. It's like, God damn it, you could have done something. And like, <sighs> Patcher is interesting because it gives us something to work with, but it's still. Trash. Yeah, it's like set. they gave us something finally, and it's not good. <laughs> like <laughs> some, like individual parts of it are good. Like I honestly really like the um like the interactions that Malcolm and Hayes get in this episode. If you ship them, it's kind of almost like a manifesto episode. They're just you know it's good. They're getting along. It's nice. But beyond that, also like Travis gets some stuff to do for one. Travis has two lines and gets dumped like this. He got to punch someone, or like not punch someone, but like tackle someone, and it's the most he's done. He still has his shirt on, so I don't care. Fair enough, fair enough. But, um, on Star Trek. Yeah, while I am, while we contemplate the possibilities of, um, Enterprise knowing what it was doing, do you have anything to plug to our listeners? Whoa, you just cut out really bad. What did you say? I don't know if that's going to be recorded like that or not, but. Uh, While I contemplate, um, John Enterprise being written properly. Do you have anything to plug to our listeners? Um, my Twitter, I guess. I'm on Twitter at um, catgrubs. Uh, my art Tumblr is the same, I think, without the S on the end. Um, I've been posting a lot of Succession lately because I just finished watching it, but I promise I'll get back on my Star Trek bullshit eventually. <laughs> I need to watch Succession. We watched Death in a oh, Funeral last night. If you want a balm to the terrible writing of Enterprise, I highly recommend Succession. It's great. I got my whole family into it. I just hear the Succession theme playing around the house now. I'm like, yes. I mean, it's got Brian Cox in it, and I do love Brian Cox. He's a nice young man. I'm trying to think if there are any Star Trek actors in it. I don't think there are. No, it's not the guy from Destiny's Funeral, which is a fair. They've got got Mr. Darcy in it. Um, Yeah, that's the same guy. He's in the brother in oh, Star Trek. Oh. The oldest brother in Succession. What? He's no. Oh, Connor the... Connor is in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. He's Cameron. I thought the oldest... I saw a picture and I thought the one who plays the oldest brother was in one of the Star Trek Okay, films. I'm going to look... I'm just looking up the cast I can't succession. remember his name. Right. What's the older um, brother Kendall? called? No, the, the one who's older than Kendall. Connor. Saying, I'm the oldest brother. Yeah, Ken, that's Connor. Or the oldest son or whatever. Connor. Is that Connor? Alan Ruck. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah Alan Ruck is in Star Trek. He plays the captain of the oh, yes. Enterprise. Oh, yes. Oh, my B. gosh. I just Cheers, remember Dana. that he was in Star Trek. 
<laughs> I I saw a meme. I had a vague memory. Yeah. Wait, I'm checking his IMDb. When was Generations? Um, that was the. Oh, uh... uh, he's Captain Harum. Yeah. Captain John Harum. It was the one with um, Kirk and Picard in it, I think. And Malcolm McDowell for some reason. He's there too. It's a film that should have been a TV anyway. Um, but yeah, thanks for coming, Wayne. Um, yeah, of course, it's fun. If you'd like to bug us, you can find us at quit star trek pod on twitter or email us at iquitstartrek at gmail.com you can also buy our merch they make christmas presents it's a bit late now you know if you're buying if you're like oh i should buy a christmas present from these guys considering that this podcast will probably come out on thursday bit late <laughs> sort yourself out i don't know you got one day left when it's thursday yeah but i don't <laughs> see public deliveries that are fish. But um, yeah, yeah, I, I, Star Trek. I need to get myself one of y'all's t-shirts. I like the jeans vision oh, one. But uh, until next time, don't kill children. Please. That's the moral of this episode. Don't kill children. Yeah, and, and keep that up. Keep that up. Way don't continue to not kill children <laughs> for as long as possible. Bye, like everyone. If Star Trek has to tell you not to kill children, you have your own problems to work out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. The way some should... people act, you think Star Trek had to have told them that before yeah. they knew it was wrong. So yeah. let's not be surprised. Let's not. <laughs> Bye, Bye. everyone.